0: Alright, you ready so here's like the intro part to bra or not to bra exploring a journey of life's unpredictable twists and turns how to claim your personal power from within and lead a fun fulfilled soul-driven life one epic hilarious insightful coffee chat at a time let's get real let's get raw this is your host em on bra or not to bra Hello, and welcome to To bra or Not To bra. I am so happy that you're here listening to this today. It means the world to me, and I cannot wait to dive into today's juicy episode. If this is your first time tuning in, To bra or Not To bra is a podcast about all things personal growth, health and mental wellness, spirituality, and so much more. It's about stepping into your worthiness and making the empowered choices to live the life you deserve. My name's Emily. You can call me Em. i I'm a certified health and mental wellness coach with a passion for helping women step into their most powerful, confident, badassiest versions of themselves. And in today's episode, we're sitting down with Alison Arlovsky, relationship and intimacy coach. Join us as we talk about how to figure out what it is you want, need, and desire in your relationships, both inside and outside the bedroom. Get ready to open up the conversation and talk all about sex, pleasure, and intimacy. You ready? Let's get real. I'm so freaking excited you're here. Hello. Oh, I'm Yay! Really excited to be here. Oh my goodness. Okay, so do you, let's just start by sharing like who who are you in like one sentence? We'll go deeper into it obviously. Right.
1: I am a relationship and intimacy coach and I work with couples in long-term relationships to help them level up their passion play and partnership so that they create a relationship that never grows old even when they do.
0: Yes, I uh, love that. Intimacy when you get old is so, Im- I mean, I know I'm not, well, it depends who you're talking to. Yeah. Someone thought I was 23 the other day. I was like, thanks.
1: <laughs> take that, <laughs> absolutely take that.
0: <laughs> this is like, great, take my card. Perfect. Um, yes, so, so important. Okay, and obviously we're gonna dive into all of the intimacy and juicy stuff in a little bit. But first, what we're gonna start off with is a rapid fire of two random ass questions that we each picked from a huge pile of questions beforehand for each other. So we don't know what we're about to ask each other, but based on all the questions that I read, it's gonna be funny. All right, do you wanna go first?
1: Yeah, like I get to ask you first? Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, hit me.
1: All right, you ready? Okay. Yes what is your best unspecial talent?
0: Well, all of my talents are special.
1: <laughs> um, What's like a kooky, funny,
0: like? Wow, I haven't thought of this in so long, but at camp one year, I learned, I don't even know what it's called. It's like a, a calling for birds or something. All right, you ready? You ready? Oh, yeah, we had an demonstration. that's awesome (laughs) that is so fun but like what can i use that for today nothing
1: today's just so fun it's that random thing that's what makes it like you know the people that like used to think like you know their armpit thing was funny or not
0: compare that to that (laughs) okay your turn your turn all right all right, the question I picked is What's the most important thing that you ever forgot?
1: My kid. <laughs> <laughs> what? So, I've got three kids, and um, I'll say that it was my oldest. So it was my first time. You're in- not a parenting coach, you guys. No. <laughs> nope left him out of practice forgot all about it
0: that's (laughs) incredible
1: before cell phones can't remember my phone number coach is trying to figure out how to get a hold
0: of me yeah that never happened again
1: but that was yeah like it did not win mom of the year like that had to be one of like the biggest just most mortifying parenting (laughs) clearly everything turned out great he was fine at least he was safe like I mean that was the good thing but talk yeah forgetting something important your kids kind of one of those things
0: (laughs) they live they learn they grow and now they're here He survived yeah okay so I'm so excited because I know you you guys Allison is just so freaking cool. We connected as friends before I even knew what she did. And then I found out what she did. And I was like, oh, holy shit, she's amazing. So do you wanna just tell us a little bit more about what you do? Like who, who's the type of person who's like, hey, Allison, I would like to come see you.
1: Sure. So I really focus um, on coaching which I'm going to first distinguish the difference between coaching and therapy, because a lot of people have questions and don't actually understand the distinguish between the two. This is good. Uh, This is good for me too. Can I use your
0: wording right now?
1: (laughs) Totally. Well, and that's just it. I mean, your clients probably already understand working with you as a coach, what the difference is, but um, especially I think when it comes to marriage counseling, marriage therapy. And I don't, I mean, I work with married couples. I work, my primary thing is couples in long-term relationships, because I feel it's from a coaching perspective, a very unsupported area. There's lots of dating coaches and, you know, people that support kind of getting you into that space. But um, so for me, therapy heals the past. And consulting, and that doesn't necessarily, isn't necessarily so relevant in a personal space, but consulting fixes the present and coaching creates the future.
0: Ooh. So I've never put the consulting piece in there.
1: Well, and consultants can be, I mean, for on a personal level, they can be your doctors, your lawyers, your, you know, uh, mechanics, your, you know, like they're fixing something specific. It's a one thing I'm going to pay you. You're going to fix it for me. And I never have to think about it again.
0: Like getting like a molar remote. removed, removed, yeah. filled,
1: filled, whatever, how bad it is. I have no idea. I haven't had anywhere Right. Well, and I think on a professional level though, um, yeah, consultants, when you hire a consultant on a professional level, you're really looking for their their specific expertise, and for them to give you the answer to move forward. And so therapy really, and I mean, there is an overlap. It's not like therapy you're focusing on the past and healing those wounds. And, you know, typically is, you know more traumatic, heavier stuff. Coaching is not, you know, I think a lot of people have a misconception about coaching because, and that, I don't want to sit there and it's going to be like this heavy stuff and I don't want to go back and it, or that there's something wrong with me if I need coaching. Yes. And coaching really is your support structure to help move you forward in your life and help you get what you want. Um, you know, there's limiting, there's things that get in our way of getting what we want. And so we're here to help shine a light on them, help move them out of the way, help change some limiting beliefs, you know, um, Partner with you to get creative on what works for you. Yes, somebody that's not in it. Like I love this analogy that we you are inside the jar, and coaches are outside the jar. You Can can't read the when you're inside the jar.
0: Can it be a mason jar that I like decorate with sparkles? Totally. Okay, I'm in it. Love it. Okay.
1: So you know just that you know, to hold that mirror up for what you can't see for yourself because you're in it. And so, um, that's what I love about coaching is that it really gets to help move people forward. And then they get to create the lives that they love to live in whatever way. And so that's, I just want to, from that place, from a coaching place. So in a relationship, I'm not going to like, you have to look backwards just to get some context. A little bit of understanding of some of the things that have happened to get you there, but we don't live there.
0: So we really look at time, like making sense of everything that has happened to get you to this point. Like that's not the full, the full part of it. It's like a brief part of that. And then let's do the work. Right.
1: I think, especially with relationships and couples, why that distinguishing the difference is so important is because, especially in therapy, and there's absolutely a time and place for therapy um, for couples, but there's a lot of couples that that's actually not what they need and what they think they have to go back and fix everything that's ever gone wrong
0: Mm. because
1: ultimately they want the feelings that they had when they were first together, right? All the, the fun and the romance and the sexy and the partnership. And then over time, they'd become disconnected. Things fall apart. They're more like roommates yes. than soulmates. And so they were here, now they're here. And they think, well, here are all the things along the way that went wrong. So we have to fix all these things to get back to these feelings.
0: Ooh ooh, like let's erase everything that happened. Typically, is that like what your mind goes to when you're like, oh, I can't get it out of my mind that they said this three years ago? Like that kind of stuff?
1: Yes, yes.
0: And then you're like, if we erase all of that, then it's as good as the first six months that we met. <laughs>
1: well, it's not like, it's, we hold on to it so tightly as a self-defense mechanism. Mm. and but ultimately like we are now different people in different places so this is where from a coaching perspective you've got to take responsibility there might be things that your partner had legitimately is to blame for we both of us you know in a relationship have things that we need to like
0: not picking up your kid
1: (laughs) (gasps) maybe one of them
0: sorry I had to you gave me that yeah Yeah. So from that
1: place, though, we spend so much energy, either we don't want to fix everything because it feels so overwhelming and so exhausting. So we'd rather just stay where we are. And a lot of couples are in this, like, it's fine. Like, we're not fighting and yelling every day, but we're not connected and partnering and having fun and dreaming and having sex and, you know, those great things. They are just... not,
0: not getting along.
1: <laughs> right. The, right. And I mean, I can speak from experience. My second marriage was very much like that. We co-parented great. We actually were pretty good teammates, but we had no intimacy, emotional, physical, like it just wasn't there. And we were really disconnected. We didn't dream about what we wanted to do for the future. We didn't travel together. We didn't, We just took care of a home, went to job, you know, our work, paid the bills and took care of our kids. And that was the extent of it. And that was really unfulfilling.
0: So that's kind of where my question comes in of like, how do you know? Well, first of all, do you see couples together or how's your practice work? I
1: actually don't. So I will coach both partners, but individually. And the reason for that is I don't want it to feel like therapy. And I went through therapy. And even though my ex-husband and I were really amicable, when we got in that room, a couple of the dynamics showed up. One, when stuff showed up that he or I didn't know about each other, but we were willing to tell a therapist, that was really challenging. That was really triggering for both of us. And we were like, well, why couldn't you tell me that before? So that's that actually a really,
0: really 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 good point.
1: So that created more tension and then the other thing was that when you are trying to own up to what you did in the relationship there is some shame in that if you know you could have done things better and we all can do things better but even despite that there is a human tendency like I really 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 wanted the therapist to always say Allison you're right and he's wrong. Yep. Even if I was wrong, I saw, <laughs> I didn't want to yeah. hear, I didn't want to hear that I was wrong. And I certainly didn't want to hear I was wrong in front of my ex-husband, because then as we walk out of there, then there's the, well, he said you were wrong. And I, you know, and the therapist never did that, but there's that sense of wanting and desiring that yes. so that I'm off the hook or that this isn't my fault, or I didn't create this. And so that was my experience. I think that's a lot of people's experience. And so the p- beautiful thing with coaching, um, and I will just coach one partner, we have way more power in our relationship on our own than we think we do. But if both people are interested, um, I absolutely will coach them individually. But the power of that is that I, we can look at things like in a really safe container and that you can acknowledge without your partner, you know, hearing, ooh, I, I could have done that better. And then I'm it's helping empower them to take that and then create the improved relationship, create the communication, start the conversation, have the date, then they each get to be the hero. Yes. Right? Oh, Not because the therapist like told me
0: to. Yes, yes. So is it a requirement for your clients to openly tell their partner that they are coaching with you, or do you have some clients that don't share that?
1: I recommend that they do because that helps facilitate, you know, the open and honest and, you know, relationship. Um, but if they're, they feel that there could be some backlash that, um, you know, that their relationship's their relationship, and that's not on me. And if they're willing to get support and help to move their life forward and their relationship forward, then I will support them in that. So, yeah, with that, and you know, some people are like, at first, they're nervous to talk about it with their partner. Um, but as they start to see, like, the partner's going to notice that there's a shift, yes, that things are changing. And ultimately when that conversation happens, then there's the opportunity to say, yeah, this has been great, hasn't it? Great, I'm working with a coach.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes. And at the end of the day, like if I'm imagining like Susie out there being a little timid to tell her partner, Alex, that (laughs) I don't know anyone with those two (laughs) names, that um, like she's going to see a relationship coach. It's truly all, like what I do too falls under the umbrella of life coaching. And so even opening up the conversation with that and being like, oh, and we've actually gotten really deep into talking about my dynamics of my relationships and then like sharing that, right? It doesn't have to be like this huge, like, guess what? I'm seeing a relationship coach. Yes or no, do or die. Absolutely. This I feel different. like a word into your mouth. So let me know if that's your perspective too. No,
1: I think that's so true because our lives are not in silos, right? Like our yeah. lives are a big bowl of spaghetti. And most often while we as coaches have a focus, we never only talk about like your relationship, how it good or not good it is, is also a reflection of your own self-worth where you are in your career, like, are you happy? Are you not happy? We often take a lot out on our partners. Um, you know, what are we willing to do to create our own life and find our own joy and fulfillment rather than relying on our partners to do that for us. Um, so there's a lot of, you know, things that come up during coaching that aren't specifically, I mean, specifically related um, to, you know, just relationships because it's your relationship with yourself.
0: Right. It's like how, how you're doing with you and then like what you're searching for in someone else. And if there's been a pattern, like of the type of person you're seeing, i was just listening to a podcast today on this. I don't remember who it was, but she's awesome and she's British. So she's fun to listen to. And she was basically saying that we look for things in partners that we don't feel like we are sufficient in. So like, if you're not making a lot of money yourself, but you want to be, maybe you're always dating rich assholes. Maybe you're dating rich, not assholes, but you don't mesh. And it's, it's so hard to become aware of it
1: tell me a little bit about like your dating life and have, how do you see, how do you see that showing up for you? Is there specific ways that you notice?
0: Um, yes. So actually, as I was listening to that podcast on my way back today for this, I started thinking about this date that I have lined up for tomorrow night. And this was someone that I was seeing pre-pandemic and then we kind of, no. And then I moved back to the city and was like, hey, guess who's back? And I realized as I was walking, I was like, that was totally a convenience thing. Like, I don't actually want to be with him. I don't see this long-term. He is like into farm animals and I'm really not (laughs) and like hunts and I'm like I am a pescatarian and okay that opens a whole can of worms but the point is that there were there's so many qualities about him that I did slash do like and it's so hard to to like weigh it out Like, at what point do you start thinking, okay, are you being really high maintenance or are you being realistic of like, okay, I don't see myself going to their farm every weekend or every other weekend surrounded by a bunch of goats? (laughs) Like, how do you, where do you draw that? And like, cause I'm sure your client's imagination, well, maybe not as much as mine, but it like, keeps tumbling on itself, you know?
1: Well, I think it, you know, it's getting clear on what, I mean, and this does not sound very romantic, but it's actually going through the exercise of what are your requirements? What are your non-negotiables? Like, what are the things that you have to have? He, He or she, now we're switching this a little bit more to, on some level, to dating but if you're a city girl and you know country life is not for you that's a non-negotiable like we do not have to settle
0: Mm -hmm. so
1: settling and feeling like there's i'm not going to get someone better so this is as good as i'm going to get is a different place of coming from than saying you know looking and being like okay no one's perfect but he checks 90 percent of my boxes and maybe I'd love if he made $10,000 more, or maybe I'd love if, you know, I laughed a little more often to the point of peeing my pants, but right. Like there's those things that we're, sometimes we create our standards so high and that also protects us from letting us get hurt because we're like, Nope. Out the door. no. Nope, yeah.
0: Nope. Or sometimes, and that's kind of exactly how I feel. I feel like my standards are either super high and then I get into this mindset of like, okay, and um, you're not gonna end up being with someone if you keep those standards so high. And I struggle with that in between.
1: Right. And I think again, this is not romantic. <laughs> I get that. But no, it really
0: some
1: clarity is you have your absolute non negotiables. These are the things I have to have, or these are the things I will not tolerate. So there's kind of a like you know 20 votes. and cons of you know the the non-negotiables both sides of it and then these are the like kind of high level like have to have like here's my bottom salary here and I know again doesn't sound romantic doesn't sound very hard but all these things eventually will if you don't meet them very closely will then, create resentment and frustration, right? So, like uh, your volunteer might be like, okay, for a salary, he has to make at least fifty thousand. I'd be really happy if he made seventy five. Yes, right? and then, and you really then kind of you go through and you rate that person on how much does he make you laugh, and is that a, a big priority for you? Some people that may not be a sense of humor may not be an important thing, but kindness. And volunteering might be much higher on our priority list.
0: I like can't hear you talk about humor and laughter and not (laughs) smile. I was trying so hard to keep a straight face. But that's so true. That lets me know that that's like crazy high on my priority list.
1: Right. So if he's not making you laugh every date, every conversation on some level, and you're just bored, then like that's who they are and to be uh, absolutely authentic and to own that, that that's who you are that's something really important to you that brings joy for you if that's not there that you know and so then there's the bottom tier of these would be really nice to have a hundred thousand dollars would be really nice to have he you know loved to cook that would be nice to have. Maybe for you as a pescatarian, if he was also
0: free and pescatarian. Damn, if you're listening right now and you know anybody who falls under those categories, makes over X amount of money that I'll disclose later and a bunch of other details that I'll disclose later personally to you, hit me up, girl.
1: <laughs> so right that, again, doesn't sound very romantic, but it actually gets you out of your head of well he's got these five things that are really awesome but then there's other these other five things that just I don't do it for me and and when you fill your relationship and your dating life up with people that you know aren't a good fit whether you believe in you know universe divine energy whatever that thing is for you when you're filling it up with things that don't fill your cup, it's just taking up space and not allowing room for that person to actually come in. That's that is the right fit. Whether totally. it's mean actually on your calendar and then energetically in your heart.
0: Ooh, I love that. I talk a lot about. Um, have you heard of the book "You're a Badass" by Jen Sincero? Uh, that's what kicked
1: off this whole personal development for me. Me too i actually met her at a book signing what no yes it was actually when she was promoting you're a badass at making money so i have three books signed by her
0: (laughs) i have the there's a new book like habits i went to a book signing virtually it was over covid so i have a signed copy from her but that's the extent of it but all your tabs What? Oh guys, this is literally my Bible. It is. Okay. So she talks a lot about the universe or she phrases it as vibrational frequency. Mm -hmm. And so it's totally what you said of like filling up your cup and then making room and that vibrational frequency that she talks about, like there can be room in your cup, but if it's not the energy that you want to be attracting if you're not exuding the energy that you want to be attracting then you're just going to keep filling up that cup yes with more bullshit absolutely absolutely pretty sure that's a phrase no <laughs> but all
1: hysterical talk about funny that totally could be in her book
0: i know that's all right we're writing a new one you guys <laughs> okay let's get into my favorite topic sex Mm -hmm. what the heck is the difference between you and a sex therapist
1: yes so a sex therapist definitely is gonna get really into the nitty-gritty of your your biology like you know what's going on if sex isn't working well um they're focusing more well there is some um mental and emotional aspect to it they're also you know like physically what is not working in your relationship
0: like performance focused yes got it
1: so um for me I focus more on the intimacy part of it and so really acknowledging that sex is a really important part of a relationship and it's a huge you know connector and that it's the one thing that differentiates your relationship you can emotionally be intimate with a lot of people with your girlfriends with your family but physical intimacy is that one special thing and that emotional intimacy and physical intimacy feed off each other and so there's a lot of people that aren't having good sex lives not because they don't know what to do in bed but because they're not emotionally intimate with each other they're not sharing their you know what's going on in their hearts and then you know when you can be vulnerable there and for women here's the interesting thing for women it starts with the emotional intimacy for men it starts with the physical intimacy both need both but you know and so when women when we can there are so many things that often especially the physical intimacy that get in our way our body image, our, you know, we don't turn our brains off. I mean, there's science behind how we end up multitasking. Like guys turn, you know, they're an on-off switch. Women, we're on a dimmer switch. What What
0: are you talking about?
1: (laughs) We women are on dimmer switches, right? So like, we have to turn our brain off and
0: our libido up. So are you saying that like the more vulnerable men become in bed, that leads to them becoming more vulnerable emotionally versus women, it's more the other way around?
1: Well, I think it's which one comes first. So I think when, you know, there's a trust element that happens in intimacy. And so, you know, I think um, that men want, when they feel physically or when they are physically intimate with, with their partner, that then that is the thing that creates emotional intimacy for them. And when women feel emotionally connected to their partner, then we're much more likely to be like, okay, let's get naked together.
0: Yes. Right. And so, so that's why like, that's the difference between good sex and great sex. Yes. Totally.
1: Right? And being able to share that. And so even to say like, you know, I, for me specifically in my, um, particularly my second marriage, we weren't, we did not have a high level of intimacy. So we certainly had sex. We had two kids together, mm-hmm. but for me to say, this but for me, I didn't have the intimacy where I could say, this is what feels good. This is what yeah. I need. This is how something I would like to try. Like I felt very, um, intimidated in that space and I felt like you know as I grew as a woman we were together over 10 years that if I did bring something up he would be like who are you and what did you do with my wife she would have never suggested doing something like that right we didn't grow together and I didn't have the trust that if I brought that up and we also emotionally he was not an emotionally supportive person he was a very good guy but he could not deal with emotions very well and so I didn't tell him my hopes and dreams I didn't you know it's Um, I didn't expect a lot of emotional support from him he was a doer not a yeah not the cuddly kind of guy and so that had a really big impact on our and so in the relationship I'm in now we have we have conversations about sex we have an incredible sex life and we're talking about all the things that in our lives, our dreams, our hopes, our stresses, our, yes. you know,
0: all of it. You're our are like aligned physically, emotionally, and like, I was gonna say energetically, which is perfect, because that's what we're talking about. Like that energetic spark that happens when you, your frequencies come together and it just like, pun intended, explodes. And That's, I mean, to get to a place where you feel comfortable talking about your fantasies, talking about what you were saying, like what you like or something you want to try again, or something that you like, you don't know how to describe it. Like that move didn't have a a term, but you liked it. And you're, you feel vulnerable enough to literally like try and demonstrate it. Like just, doing whatever comes to your mind without filter or block. And I like, even for me, you know, I'm very, very open. Even for me, like there needs to be some sort of emotional baseline before I'm gonna do something like that. Otherwise I'm gonna be like, "Mm, not (laughs) not worth my time, sorry. Well, and I
1: think all of that comes down to a certain level of trust. I mean, ultimately intimacy at its deepest level is incredible trust and vulnerability. And so they are, it starts like a pinwheel. And so the intimacy, the physical and the emotional feed off each other, but it's not necessarily like, well, this one, then this one, and this one, it's like a pinwheel and they kind of just grow together. You know how you have this, the starting point and then there's two colors. And they kind of yeah, you know, yes. kind of thing where then they just get wider and wider and bigger and bigger. Um, that's how I think of it, that you you know, you start need to start there, but it's, it really requires being open both parties to see that for, you know, to be able to accept feedback. Yes. People, yes. somebody says, Ooh, uh, slower, gentler, faster that other partner might take that as they're doing something wrong instead of just feedback and right. So to be able to have that intimacy, to trust each other, to say, Hey, doesn't mean it's wrong. It's just, I like this more. Right. And how to then be the partner that is able to gently share kindly without, you know, making that other person feel like they've done it wrong. And especially for couples that have been in a long-term relationship that haven't
0: expressed this, in 10 or 20 years and now it feels so out of the ordinary right and you're just like I, I always think about this um with relationships that I have and with my clients who are either married or in relationships and it makes such a big difference on whether or not you start open from the beginning of the relationship because when you do that when you're in a space where you're single and you are starting a relationship when you establish that baseline everything becomes so much easier and i feel like what you're saying is a big part of what you do is you take someone who comes to you and is kind of struggling with that who maybe hasn't been super vocal or clear from the beginning and then it's like okay how can we how can we develop that without scaring the shit out of your partner? <laughs>
1: right. Because what we often don't see, like, it's so, like, we want to talk about sex, right? But ultimately it's all the stuff underneath because we don't often acknowledge that we change and that our partners change, right? So you're like, if all of a sudden you start talking about who oh, I'd really like to do this, or it feels scary because you think your partner is going to be like, who is this person? Rather than being excited for what's coming up. Right. And that's the coaching yes. part of it of looking forward and creating a new way to be and who you are. And even just acknowledging, like we change our partner chains, our life circumstances change. Of course, our relationship is going to change. And that's an amazing thing. That's the thing that's like the spice of life, right? Keeping life interesting.
0: Yes. I love it. Okay. So if there's one piece of advice that you could give every woman out there about expanding their relationship intimacy?
1: Um, I think this is, there's a part of me that wants to give like a very specific, like, here's the the thing.
0: Give a specific and then give, you, you can give a few answers. Right, okay.
1: So the one thing that, like the biggest piece of advice for growing your intimacy, that is more the, this is what my heart wants to say, is grow your self-worth, grow your self-love. Because when you're in a place of knowing that you are worthy, that you are deserving of pleasure, of having your wants and needs met, you know, so many women, we end up, you know, we're the nurturers, we try and keep everybody else happy. So for us to receive, Um, is often more difficult for us to get past our worries about our bodies Mm -hmm. and think that this body is worthy of pleasure is often difficult for women so that self-love and worthiness work so that's not
0: a that's not a bullet you know like right then and there that's what I do I tell my clients to build their self-worth and then they leave
1: So that's like, that's what my heart, because that's been my own experience as well. And I've seen that happen with my clients. that when ultimately, you know, your healthy priorities is, you know, taking care of yourself first, then your relationship, then your job, then every, then your kids and then everyone else. Um, And so that just goes back to having a joyful, fulfilling life and being able to receive. So that's like
0: the more from my heart answer. That just makes you so happy. Well, and that's why, that's why you went into coaching. That's why you do what you do because you can't raise someone's self-worth with a plan, with a snap of your fingers. It's not possible. So it's, I could feel that kind of like hesitancy, like saying that piece of advice out loud because it sounds so like generic, but the truth is that's, that's what it is, and that's why you're here for these women do you coach men too i do yes okay so for these yeah. humans
1: yes yep and i coach any type of relationship it doesn't have to you know um
0: yes so that Amazing. is so um, all sexualities head on over <laughs> yes okay um, what was the more broad answer you were gonna say
1: so i think the other thing to level up the intimacy is um is to think of it sometimes when, you know, for us getting our libido going is challenging, right? Because we're on that dimmer switch. So for leveling up. Um, So I recommend if you're not feeling very in the mood and like the idea, so there's a couple like, I'm so excited for this right now. (laughs) Well, I'm going to preface the answer. So this again, doesn't sound very romantic, but consider that upping your sex life is like going to the gym because at first when you haven't been to the gym in a really long time you're like oh, i just really don't want to go because our body hasn't created all those chemicals those feel-good chemicals and we've kind of become accustomed to not and like we're tired and you know usually this happens <laughs> it's
0: just such a know. good analogy
1: right but that once you start going to the gym even even if, let's go baby steps, you're at the gym and you're like, this doesn't, I'm at the gym, this, this isn't fun, I don't, I'm not enjoying this. Usually by the end, you walk out of the gym and you're like, I feel great, that was awesome, why did I wait so long to do that? <laughs> Sex is very much the same way, that when you haven't, and it's been very sporadic, you haven't done it in a while, you're not, you haven't created again, those literally, they're the same hormones. <laughs> like literally the juices weren't going they weren't flowing right so sometimes actually like I'm not saying let him force it or her you know but sometimes in your own brain it's telling yourself how good you're going to feel after um and just knowing that you'll get past that and you will start to crave it just like once you start working out on a regular basis you don't feel normal without it like you need
0: it yes And eating healthy too. It's literally like anything that gives you pleasure, the more you do it, the more you want it. Yes. And the easier your brain is able to be like, okay, in this split second, this moment right now, yeah, it doesn't sound super great, but that connection between whatever that action is and behavior is so strong because you're doing it Mm -hmm. on the reg, (laughs) doing it get it? Mm-hmm. Um, wow. I w- <laughs> <effing> love <laughs> you. Pump, pump. <laughs> no other guests. This is just me and you forever. And, you know, just, just going with it.
1: Right. Well, and again, when you think of, you know, how things shift in your life after you've worked out on a regular basis, lost weight, eaten you know, done something in your life to improve. Like, again, it's, we're not in a silo. Like, that when you are now feeling more relaxed, like there are personal benefits to having orgasms, like <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> keeping yeah. your
0: breath,
1: right. So it's not just the moment, but it's truly, you know, we
0: it's are a goal benefits like it literally it helps your immune system. You probably know more than I do, well, but. No, but-
1: Right. So there's, you know, when we start having that. And so sometimes again, because we're on that dimmer switch, it is like hard and you're so like, get into the mood. And so that's where I, you know, buy yourself sexy undies and bras. Um, You know, find a juicy book or a juicy, you know, Outlander is a great series that has some definitely seeming. All
0: right. That's going on to my I definitely get turned on by TV shows more than porn. Like,
1: yeah. And so there's definitely intense romance and lots of, you know, passion. And then, yes, there's, you know, it helps that he is quite, <laughs> 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 but they really have this incredible chemistry that really does, um, you know, and, it, and well, here's the thing. The amazing thing about Outlander is because it's, um, It takes place in the 1700s, and it's like war ridden, and so while there's like it's good for both guys and girls. Ooh, right. Okay. Like- I have
0: never seen it. So, how many people do you think have masturbated to that?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah. Well, and it's funny because okay, this is a funny thing. So there was definitely there's lots and lots of steamy scenes in there, but realistically, right? It's a TV show, so in like their five minutes of like start to finish, right, 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 is not realistic. You get the whole sense. You get you get some different. Definitely, there's nudity, so you're. It's not. It's more than just under the sheet. Like, you're getting some, you know, definitely some views. Um, but there was you know one this scene where you know like the whole thing happened in like a minute, a TV minute, right. And I'm like, not like that. Like he's like, and he just looked, you know, my partner, awesome. I said, not like that. But then after he was like being all romantic and maybe we got her, her dressing robe and was doing some really, and I'm like, like that. Right. So the point Ooh. of not just the sex, but that actually the kind, the romance part of it.
0: That is such a good piece of wisdom. That's such a juicy nugget. I never really thought about that. Watching it, like, you don't have to do it intentionally to, like, take homework and watch Outlander with your partner to do this. But, like, if and when you're watching something and there's something in the sex scene that you would really want or, like, hey, let's try that or no, like, that would not be good for me. Mm -hmm. That's a perfect opportunity to bring it up.
1: I think that is a great opportunity, yeah, to have, it just helps foster conversation more easily and it triggers the creativity because now you've seen something and you're like, "Oh, would you be willing to try that or not? Again, whether it's porn or, you know, something like this versus just like, okay, we're going to sit down and talk about sex. What's yeah. What's not? Like, it just feels, it helps just facilitate the conversation. And another little piece of advice, uh, kind of along the same lines is actually um, grabbing a drink and going to an adult toy store online. Even if you're not comfortable going into a physical one, shopping online and seeing what's out there can trigger, like,
0: how do you get out of your ruts? I've done it. I've done that. And it's enough. I'll go on and I'll be like, I want to feel sexy. Like, let's get some new lingerie and I'll look at it. And then like, just thinking about wearing it and being in the moment, like that'll get me going. Mm Mm-hmm. So go go look at all the, all the sales, you guys. Okay. I have one last question. Mm -hmm. So I know we've talked a lot about how health in every area of your life impacts each other. Mm -hmm. So something that I've found with my clients is, yes, we're very much focused on health and mental wellness. And it, it turns into life coaching me and, you know, and they know, like, it's really one of the same. And when I'm coaching someone there's that focus on physical health, mental health, that sort of thing. And then one of the coolest things that I've realized over the past years is that almost all of my clients at the end start telling me how their sex lives has drastically improved. And I'm like, I should be, nothing, sex coach like what am i doing over here and then i'm like no it's really cool that that's an outcome without the intention so for you my question is what are some of the outcomes that come from your coaching that they didn't come to you initially for
1: yeah i think probably the biggest things are the self-worth and self-love aspect because um even for men the men that end up coming to me um, often are, are givers and you know provide for their families and just they're not filling their own cup. And, you know, so that therefore they don't feel like they are worthy of doing the things that bring them joy. That, and so when I'm like, okay, in your relationship, what are your expectations? A big part of, you know, and how are you connecting with your partner and what are you doing for you? Because here's the thing, when we're in relationships for a long time, we get really apathetic and we stop doing a lot of the things that we did when we were first dating, which means those were the things that turned your partner on, right? Mm -hmm. Like when they had, when you had your own hobbies and your partner had their own hobbies, like you want that, like, and now they just sit at home in front of the TV. (laughs) That's not sexy. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And we think, well, I need to be here for my family. So now well, I'm unless here. you're watching
0: Outlander, then it's sexy.
1: Right. Yes. Right. <laughs> but truly that they, you know, they, again, they come for the relationship to how to make their romantic relationship better. But so much of it is tied to their relationship with themselves. I love that. And yeah, in so many, so many ways. And so um, I
0: feel like it's a two for one you know, and- Totally, you guys, you got a two for, so true though. And that's such a beautiful note to end on because that's just like the epitome of everything that you do and who I know you are as a personal human being, like raising your worth and stepping into yourself and helping men and women do that for them and- inviting their partner, inviting everyone else around them into that by doing it themselves. Mm -hmm. So cool. Thank you so much. I'm so happy that you were able to hop on. I am too. So so fun as always. So fun. Such a pleasure. Thank you guys so much for listening. This was so fun. Make sure you rate, review, and share this podcast if you love it. Love you all so much. Talk to you soon.